One's from the trailer park, one's from the farm. Rings on their fingers, no babies on their arms. Taking life with a grain of salt and lime. Living, loving, laughing, we're having a good time. Nothing too deep won't tell you how to vote. Two stand-up comics with stories from the road. We're cutting up, really. All right, we got a hot podcast coming up. We got uh, advice on how to record your own comedy album. And special guest, John Christ. My name's Dusty Slay. I'm Hannah Hogan. This is the We're, We're Having, Having a, a Good, Good Time, Time podcast. podcast. All right, so this is an exciting, uh, exciting podcast. We got John Chris coming up. We're, we're pumped about it, and uh, right now we want to get into a little advice for comics. You are what you are. I'm gonna make him an offer again. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. So in today's uh, advice for comics, we're going to talk about recording an album. Well, I'd like to preface, as, as, as I like to do sometimes, is that, you know, if you don't feel like that you need this advice, then that's fine. Then just skip over this part. I mean, we're not trying to be like we're the all-knowing uh, people in comedy. What we're trying to do is we've both, you know, attempted to record podca- our, uh, comedy albums and uh, we've had some successes, some failures, and we just want to share our experience with you and how if you're looking to record a comedy album that uh, this could help you. Yeah, I think so. I think that we both have experience recording albums. A lot of comedians record albums these days. Um, it can be a really great thing to do, and I think it's a good go- goal to work towards. Totally. Yeah. Totally, and we just think that there's some things that uh, that can help you be successful. Yeah, yeah. So I think to kind of like uh, start talking about it um, is I can relate my own story. I have only re- tried to record one album, and I guess it was a failure um, in that I never ended up uh, putting out an album, uh, as they say. Um, and I learned a lot of things from it. So basically, I booked a show in my hometown in Nashville and, you know, I invited lots of people to come out, a lot of my friends, a lot of people that know me and my comedy. And uh, I just did one show, though. And it was kind of overwhelming to have to produce and promote it, you know, too. And it's this big thing. Everybody knew it was an album recording. And you know what? This show was good. I, I mean, I had a really good set. But I wouldn't say that it was great, and that's kind of what you want your first album to be, Is especially when you put it out. Like, this is my first comedy album. Like, you want it to be really great, and I just didn't feel like the whole thing was really great. There was definitely pockets that were really good, so what I ended up doing was instead of putting out my album, naming it, you know, trying to get it on Spotify and stuff like that, I just cut it up and... uh I submitted it to Sirius XM about like 25 minutes worth of it and kind of like self-titled it an album just for the purpose of getting it on the radio. 
And so in that way, it's a, it's a success because potentially like the good jokes that I had on that, you know, can get out and I can make some money as a comedian. But, you know, I'm bummed out at the same time because I never put out an album. I can't sell an album. I don't have an an official first album. And that's definitely something I want to do again. I just, I'm not exactly sure when I did. I recorded that album uh, last year in Nashville and uh, we're about a year later. So, but I think a lot of people have, have failed attempts at recording albums. And I think we could talk a little bit about what we know that helps recording an album and preparing it, getting ready and stuff. I think it's better to have a failed attempt at putting out an album than to put out an album that you aren't proud of. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And, and, and because when you record an album, I think that, you know, you could do a weekend of five shows. You could have four that you just love and one that was just okay yeah. or one bad one, right? And it's like, it's just, it's just going to happen. I mean, sometimes you're going to have great shows. Sometimes you're going to have shows that aren't so good. And it's like, you don't want the show that wasn't so good to be your album. And it doesn't even mean that you had a bad set. It just meant that it's, I mean, for me, when I, when I record something, I want it to be like, man, that was a killer set. I really crushed it. I'd like to have that recorded. I'd like to for the world to see that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, there's a lot of shows that I do where I leave the stage going, you know, that was good enough. Uh, <laughs> I wish it was better. But sometimes you just can't make the audience react better. Yeah. Sometimes, you know, and, and then sometimes, you know, you'll have an audience where, where, where I come off stage and I'm like, I didn't feel like that show was really that good. And then I'll sell more merch after that show. People will be like, man, that was hilarious. It's like sometimes people just express it in different ways. So it's like you don't want the audience that loves your show but is not a laugher to be your album. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and you also have to have your own um, standard of what you think is good, and you have to be honest with yourself if this is really good for you. If you think you can do far better, then it's probably just good. Right. When I uh, recorded my album, I wanted something, my first one, I wanted something, Making That Fudge uh, is what it's called. And uh, I wanted something that I would be proud to sell at shows. I wanted something to sell after my shows because I wanted to try to make a little extra money. But I wanted something that I would be proud of. I didn't want to stand over there like ashamed, be like, well, but if you want to, you know what I mean? Like I wanted an album that I'm like, no matter how the set went today, what I used to tell people is like, especially when it was a bad show, I'd be like, hey, if you want to hear what it's like when these jokes get laughs, buy this CD. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's funny. So I think, but, you know, my first album, uh, Making That Fudge, I tried three times to record. Wow, three times? Three times. The first time, the first time I didn't really think about it being an album. It was going to be more of a video production type thing, but with good, I had this guy. I told him I needed like 20 minutes of good solid tape because I was trying to get a feature tape to send out. And he is, this was in Charleston. And he, he was like, all right, I got you. He's like, I'm going to do, this is what I'm going to do. He worked for like the news or something. He was like, I'm going to get a three camera shot. I'm going to bring some audience mics. We're going to do a really good thing. And I was like, awesome. So I promoted a show. I got a big thing worked up. And then he was like, all right. And I don't, I think he was going to do it for free. So I don't blame him, but this is how it all played out. He was like, oh, I got a, you know, I got a wedding that I got to shoot and it's probably going to pay him a bunch of money. So he's like, but I got another guy that's going to come. He's going to bring all the same equipment. It's going to be great. 
And so as we get even closer to the show, he's like, all right, uh, that guy can't show. Uh, so I got another guy coming, but this guy's only bringing one camera and no audience mics. <laughs> so now I just have a good camera, but the audio is not good. That guy really dropped the ball on you. He really dropped the ball on me. But this is what I learned because afterwards I was like, okay, I'm not using that as my album for sure. But because the show was okay. I tried to use the video. Yeah, but you don't want an okay album. Exactly. Exactly. So, but I learned in that instance, like, don't count on someone to do a good job for you for free. If you want someone, pay them. That's a really, really valuable lesson. And it's like that with everything. Like you want posters done. You want somebody to do it on time. It also just gives people incentive right. to do good work. Yeah. If you want somebody to do it on time and to do good work, pay them. Yeah. And I mean, once in a while, people are going to offer to do things for you for free. And and you can take those offers by all means. But if you reach out to someone, expect to pay them yeah. and do want to pay them because people should be paid for the things that they're doing. A lot of times people want to do things and they'll say, oh, I just, you know, I don't have the money to hire someone. And it's like, do you want to have a good album or not? Because if you want to, you'll save the money. Even if you're saving $10 a week. I mean, my first album, I found a guy to record the album for 100 bucks. And I think the audio quality is great. Of course, it was a tiny room. It was a great room here in Nashville, uh, but it was tiny. Wait, so this is the successful album recording in Nashville? Yes. yes. Okay, so what was the what was the one after your first one? All right, that so bombed? then, so then the second one, I had made friends with this still in Charleston. Made friends with these guys at this recording studio. They had a, a um, you know a a music recording studio in Charleston. And they, so they had a whole room where bands would come and they would invite people in there and they would just do shows inside that room and then they re- would record the album. Uh, and so I was like, well, that sounds great. I had done a birthday party show for them for free. So now they were going to, in return, record an album for me for free. That's really cool. So I invited, uh, but this is how it all worked out. Also, I, a learning experience. Because this is how it all panned out. I mean, these guys at this recording studio, they were all drinking, smoking weed, probably taking mushrooms. You know what I mean? They're just hanging out, having a good time. They're like, this is our first comedy show, right? So people are coming in and... and It's more of a party. It's more of a party. And then they're like, we want to do a little music first. Uh, so I was like, okay, a little music's fine. And then we start late. We start about... Thir- My friends, like, let's say this. I don't remember the time, but let's say the show started at 6. So I told all my friends, hey, the show starts at 6. Please come on down. And uh, and, they, and, they, and and so they got there at 8. They got there ready for the show. Then the show starts 30 minutes late, and then it's music for about 30 minutes. So now we're an hour into the show. My friends have been there for an hour. There's no real chairs in this room. So people are sitting on the floor or standing. And then, all right, so then we, we're, we're... That's already weird. Yes, yes. So I didn't realize all of this. That's why it's a learning experience, because as I go along, I'm like, okay. At this time, you're not a professional comedian either. No, I'm still living in Charleston. I'm doing comedy. I'm having a good time, and I got plenty of material. But I don't really do a lot of long sets, you know? Mm. So I've had, you know, chances to do... 15-minute set, sometimes 20, but now I'm trying to do an hour's worth of comedy all at once. And that can be hard if you never practice that. Or also if you practice it a lot and you're just bad at it. <laughs> right. So so we're already an hour late. People are high and drunk and, and, and a little rowdy. And I'm like, okay. And then I had my friend uh, Tim Heckle 
open for me. And Tim Heckle is a pretty – he's hilarious, and he's a pretty wild uh, comedian, you know. So uh, so he's – and then the guy that's running the recording studio, who's still my friend, he uh, plays the drums, and there's a drum kit in that room. So Tim talks him into playing the drums for his set uh. at the end. Right? So it's just a party, right? And yeah. it's a good time. And that's why I'm saying... Did it, Tim get laughs? Tim crushed it. He oh, destroyed okay. He destroyed okay. the room. And okay. it's like, the guy was playing drums. Tim was hitting his jokes. I mean, it was just it was just an amazing set. All right. So then you go up. So then I go up. Because Tim was like, I remember him saying, uh, kind of one of my dreams is to pl- tell jokes while someone's playing the drums. So then Tim introduces me. It's like a convenient dream given that there's drums right behind him. Yes. So then Tim is is uh, up there on stage and he or just on the floor with everyone else. Because there's no stage? Right. And then he um so the 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 drumming's going and, and, and Tim and then after uh after Tim's done and it gets these big laughs, he brings me up and then the guy's still playing the drums. And then uh, I was like, well, kind of one of my dreams is to uh, not have anyone play the drums while I'm doing comedy, (laughs) right? So I kind of started it on a weird note. Uh That got a little bit of a... Really? I think that that's funny. It is funny. It got a little bit of a laugh, but but not much. But they didn't get it because they were in party mode. Right. And they're also all my friends that work at Hyman's. You know, they're all restaurant people. I mean, they're just ready to party. I mean, they were very nice to come out, but it's like... So but, then what happened during your set? Were you well, getting that's laughs what, or did it go off the rails? Well, it just, you know, it just was mediocre. I mean, oh, okay. after that, it, it was hard to follow Tim's energy, honestly. And um, and people were tired. They had been there for a long time. They were already ready to go. They were sitting on the floor. So it's just like all of those things are bad for recording a show. Yeah. Plus, some of those people had heard my jokes before. So that's what happened to me with my album. Yes. There's a lot of my, like, well, at least half of the room was my friends. I would heard all these jokes. So when I moved to Nashville, I did, uh, went to a place here in Nashville. So this is your third album recording now. Yes. I went to a uh, tiny room here in Nashville and, uh, and it's gone now. The place is gone now. But I had a guy come out. He said he would do it for 100 bucks, record the album. And I was like, great. So he brought two audience mics, and then he mic'd up the, the – you know, he recorded the microphone in the room, which um, I don't think – you know, the recording studio had mics in there, all kind of mic'd up stuff. Just the audience wasn't good enough because I, I didn't know how to set up the show. So this is what I'm going to say, how, how I set up this show. I – this is your third successful right, right, album recording. Right, I had. I'm just trying to be clear. I know, but it's confusing me. Is it? Yes, it's your story. I know, but I'm I'm trying to gather my thoughts as I go along. And yes, oh. this is my third uh, successful album recording. Okay, well, okay, go on. And uh, so I'm in there, and uh, it's a tiny room, seats about 50 people, and I get I had one opener at Sean Parrott open for me, and then Josh Inacala hosted the show. And then we just did, I don't remember exactly how much time that they did, but it was uh, maybe 20 minutes together. So just enough to warm the audience up. And then I came out and did 55 straight minutes. 
And then, uh, and that was it. And you liked it. Yeah, because there was nothing else. We started on time. The audience came in. They were fresh. And I had just moved to Nashville. So people had heard some of my jokes, but they hadn't heard all of them. So I basically got, I got to come in. I got to make a bunch of friends. I mean, mainly in that room is the Nashville comics. And some Tinder dates, I bet, too, right? No, no. I wasn't into that at that time. Oh, okay. And, um... But, you know, there were some friends that I had. Uh, my friend Joey Tomlinson was there, who actually was at my, you know, very first times of me doing comedy, living in Charleston. Mm-hmm. And he was there for the album. And uh, so uh, the point is, like, I got a fresh audience who had never heard my jokes. I got them to come in. I got them. We started on time when the audience was excited, and I didn't have too much comedy in front of them. And you knew how to set up the show and what kind of venue you wanted and where the, where to place the mics is really important and a reliable sound guy, it sounds like, too. Right, because, you know, it's like, and, and, I, and I knew all those things because I had those two other failed attempts. Sometimes people, you know, will look at someone's failures. They can say, oh, he, you know, it took him three times. And it's like, but you don't, you know, you don't understand that failure sometimes is the biggest learning tool. Sometimes you have to go through uh, a fail to be like, okay, this is what I've learned from this. And this is how I've learned to not fail the next time. Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. And it's like to always be in control. If if you want to know how to do something, and then you want to be in control of that. And that's why also paying people gives you that control. If you're like, if you're like, hey, will you come record this thing for free for me? Then you can't really tell that person what you want. But if you're paying them money, you're like, all right, this is what I expect for the money that I'm spending. Do you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. You should definitely invest in your team to produce this. Right. And, and yeah, get people that you have heard their work before and think it's good and, and you trust right. them. This guy had recorded some things for people at the East Room. And I screen, screen Door Productions is what it was called. And I don't know if they're still around or not. I haven't. I mean, that was that was like five years ago. So I haven't yeah. talked to them. So he was very nice, though. He ended up cutting up the tracks for me, which I think I could do on my own now. But there's also some post-production that you need to do. So you need to find someone that can do those sorts of things. The editing and the numbering. Right. And, because, you know, like my first album, there's really no editing. There's no, I, I, it's just a straight up 55-minute album. And um, and then I just cut up the tracks. And then, all right, so then, so, you know, but there is some post-production stuff like, I don't know, some things that people do tweaking the sound. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's, yeah. It's a matter of just making it clearer, like we do with the podcast. Like, we, we record it, and then we send it through some kind of processing, processing thing to yeah. make it sound better and clearer. But there is a special thing that has to happen with albums is that you number the jokes. You right. know, that kind of has to be programmed into the official album as it's released. Right. Yes, that too. So, so there's all that. So then finding someone to do that is important. And you should be able to find someone that can do that. You know, I mean, yeah. and, and if not, uh, let me know. I mean, email me at dustyslaycomedy at gmail.com. I know some people. I can I can send them your way and they potentially will do it, but it will cost money. Yeah, I think this is really uh, good stories uh, to tell the audience about recording an album and how it's challenging and you don't always get it right the first time, but you do learn more about recording an album every time you do one. My advice would be, unless you're a a star, uh, once chances are, if you're a star, you're not listening to my advice on how to record a podcast. You probably have a team already. But I would say the smaller the room, the better. 
Just go ahead and get a small room. That way you don't have to get a lot of people. And then pack it out. I mean, no matter what you got to do, pack it out. Make sure it's full. And then make sure that everyone knows that you're recording an album. And, or, or, or if you don't want to, actually the second album that I recorded, I didn't tell anyone that I was recording an album. I was like, let, let the sounds, whatever happens, happens in here. I also like that approach. For me personally... If you can just get a sold-out room, a good-sized right. room with people in it that you feel confident you can do yeah. well in this room, and then just record it and see what happens, sometimes you can really and, and, get and, a good recording and a real audience that isn't self-aware of being recorded. Right, and then you have less temptation to come out and do things like, yeah, record an album. I mean, I think I did that on my my. No, I don't know if I did or not. It doesn't matter. Uh, but, you, you know, you, there's less references to it. I mean, I feel like when, I, when, I, when it's uh, known that I'm recording an album, I make jokes like, well, probably won't put that on the album. We'll probably edit that out of there. You yeah. know, and it's like if no one knows you're recording it, then you can just be free and, and things can happen. Like if someone yells out at you or someone drops a beer, you have a great crowd work moment, that could be really fun, yeah. you know, and fun for the album. Yeah. But if everybody knows you're recording an album and they're on their best behavior, it might not be as fun. Yeah. Yeah, that's great, Dusty. So, all right. So that's it. So I hope that's helpful. Point is, pay people to do the things that you want done. Uh, Make sure that you have a good audience. Have a good venue. Smaller the better to me. And um, Don't be afraid to make mistakes. Yeah. And care about it. Care, care about it. Always care about it. For some reason with comedy, I feel like it's it's cool to not care about things. It's like, care about it. You can pretend like you don't, but do care about it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. All right, so our next segment. That was long. I got, I got really t- into talking, and I got confused a couple of times. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, That was a whirlwind for you. Yeah. Well, I was... I'm, I'm in these stories, you know, and I'm trying to gather my thoughts. And then you're just adding in nice, funny things. I'm trying to guide the audience yeah. because you're talking to me sometimes and I know your whole story, but hearing it for the first time, it might not be clear. This is the second right. album you're talking about. And I think it's great. And I'm glad that you're doing it. Oh, thanks, Dusty. But it was throwing me off a bit because yeah. I would be gathering my thoughts and then... I know. It's hard to gather those then, thoughts when then, they're scattered away like and that. And then you clarify <laughs> things and I'm like, wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, do I have a narrator in my life? <laughs> yeah. So, all right. So now... Third person omniscient. All right. So let's go uh, to where we've been, where we're going. Where they go. Where they been. Where they go. Where, where they've been. Where we're going. Where we've been. Uh, all right. All right. That's a great one. Song. <laughs> <laughs> I was in Wilmington, North Carolina this weekend. I did Dead Crow Comedy Club. Had a great time. Uh, uh, worked with uh, Drew Harrison, who I've known for a long time. Uh, and then Matt Coughlin uh, was the host. Uh, Timmy Sherrill, uh, who owns Dead Crow. Uh, he did a guest spot on the first show on Friday. Uh, Timmy Sherrill I've known for a long time because uh, Wilmington is only about four hours from Charleston. Yeah, this is your old stomping grounds. Yeah, and he um, – he when in 2008 when I was very new to comedy and I entered uh, the Charleston Comedy Competition, uh, I got third place and Timmy 
got first place. I think I he won it. I think I covered that last week. But, okay, uh, but yeah, so he did a guest spot on the but show. But then you later on went to win two years in a row. I hear. I did. I, I hear did. that's the Charleston that legend is, is Dusty Slay won two true. years in a row. That is true. And then you're like the Blue Jays in the '90s. But the, yeah, but then that's you a know, Canadian I had I was the first person to ever win uh, two years in a row. But then. A year after that, like the next year, somebody else won, and then Jeremy McClellan won twice in a row, too. Mm. So two in a row, and then you get banned from the competition. Wow. That seems fair, though, especially since it's such a small market. But actually, the competition's gone now. Like, it's just gone altogether. Oh, that's sad. And no one does it anymore. Well, they blocked all the good comics. Yeah. Yeah. That's what happened. I mean, I love that competition, but yeah, I get it. That competition made you who you are today, Dustin. That's true. It is true. You never had got the boost of confidence to win two years in a row. You never would have thought, I can do this. I'll tell you what's interesting. is Tell me what's interesting. At the end of 2011, I won for the first time. Mm -hmm. And and then early in January of 2012... uh, at the, actually, at the end of January 2012, I quit drinking. And when I quit drinking, I almost uh, quit doing comedy. I was like, I don't know if this is what I want to do. You had you know so I mean? much clarity. Yeah. Yeah. And then my friend Evan Burke had a competition called like Parade of Fools, which was just a – I didn't feel like it was going to be a good competition. But I was like, you know what? I already said yes to doing it, so I'm going to do it. And then I won that one. And uh, I was like, all right, all right, I like comedy. I'm going to keep doing it. Mm-hmm. And then I won again in 2012. And I won in 2012 by a much higher margin, I think, and uh, because I was clear and I was sober and I felt good. Anyway, so uh, I was in Wilmington. Wilmington. I was in Wilmington and uh, I had a great time there. Where have you been? I was in Nashville this weekend. I was at Zaney's. And, and who I, were you working with? Yeah, I was working with Gary Goldman. All right, yeah, Gary Goldman. Yeah, you great know, comic, great guy. Yeah, you know that I love Gary Goldman. I was so excited yeah, to you were. work with him. And it was a two-person show, so I was the host slash feature, which is kind of challenging because you take like a dead audience and then prepare them for the headliner. But uh, I felt good about it, and I had a really good time, and uh, Gary is so funny. And so he's great. So original. I just feel like he's one of the greats. Yeah, I, I, you know, I worked with Gary uh, earlier this year and Dr. Grins in Grand Rapids. Yeah, and uh, yeah, we I, got to talk about you, and I yeah. talked about um, being married to you, and probably gave him too much information. I chatted his face off like on on Saturday night. Oh yeah, <laughs> just we just yeah. He's pretty. He feels like an easy person to open up to because he's so open on stage. Yeah, you know he he just talks about different stuff. Uh, that he's gone through in his life, and and he just seems like a true artist that's you know wants to hear about everyone's human condition. <laughs> yeah, but it was really fun, and I learned a lot from him. Oh, good. What him. are some things that you learned from him? He's very conversational and relaxed on stage. I mean, it's probably easy to be confident when you're six six, but he 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 talked on Thursday night about being more conversational on stage after the show and. That kind of like stuck in my head because sometimes I feel like I attack an audience and then you don't really like get under them. You're just kind of like going hard at them. And so I kind of readjusted for the rest of the weekend. It was more low key and I tried to be more conversational, like just like 
like trusting that I'm funny and charismatic as my normal Hannah, not some performative Hannah. Yeah. And that was fun. That was a good experience for me because I did feel more relaxed and I took my time more on stage and just kind of trusted in the words. Mm -hmm. And I feel like Gary does that really well. I mean, he can, he like basically stands there the whole time and he kind of moves back and forth a little bit, but he's very self-assured on stage and he handled a heckler one night. Like so funny. What was like, the just heckler a, just saying? Just a savage. Well, what what happened was it was the last show on Saturday, and there was this group of basically bachelorette women sitting like right in front of the stage, but on the side. And I didn't notice them when I was on stage, but when I went to watch his show, I could see the audience all around him, and I'm like, those seven girls are grimacing, and they and they were just grimacing and looked miserable amidst a whole crowd that's laughing really hard. Yeah. It was really bizarre. It's like, what are these girls trying to prove? Like, hey, it's not funny. Why is that everybody laughing? Like literally everyone was laughing and they're sitting there like, What is this? We want sex you know, jokes. You know what? I, I, I think that's that's true too, but I also uh think that I'm not one to disparage uh bachelorette parties to come into comedy shows because I want everyone to come. Yeah. You know, so I don't say they shouldn't be there, but it's like they come expecting the show to be about them. They want to get up front. They want to be dressed like that. And if you don't address it and talk to them, then they're like, they feel like they're, they're being left out. You know what I mean? I, yeah. I mean, because that's ridiculous though. They should know what a comedy show is. Well, they should, but I was in Indianapolis and there was a bachelorette party there and I was, I, I don't know, I wasn't doing particularly well this show. I mean, I was doing fine, but I wasn't so... the girls give off an energy that makes yeah. it weird. Well, I wasn't so, I wasn't doing such a good job that I felt like I needed to go to the crowd. Like, I got to be feeling real confident to address people in the crowd, because I don't want the thing to turn, yeah. you know? So, at the end of the show, I just kind of reached out and gave him a little shout out, and I was like, hey, appreciate you coming to the bachelorette party here, appreciate you coming to the show. And the girl gave, like, this look to me that was like, oh, now you mention us. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, her look was like, oh, oh, what, is it even worth it now? You know what I mean? And that it's like, so ridiculous. I just felt like the look was so weird. I felt I like it. it was such an unappreciative Yeah, look. it's like you really want to call a group of women like that B-I-T-C-H's because that's exactly what they're being. It's, it's, and, you, and they stand out. Like, I remember watching from above in the balcony at Zany's. And I noticed them like an hour before he even addressed them. And then like 20 or 30 minutes uh, before the end of his set, he was like, what's wrong? Like he just looks at them and he goes, what's wrong? Yeah. And then they got it and he got into it with one girl and she was trying to be like mean and bitchy and stuff. And she started going on her phone and she was literally front stage, you know, and he, oh my gosh, he annihilated her, but like a professor or something like that. (laughs) She goes... Something like to the effect that like you suck, and then he goes, "Oh, how does that feel to to say something hurtful to someone like that? Look at it's Beth, sadistic Beth. Like, <laughs> the whole audience, like he, he just he just really called out her character. He's like, how does that feel? Oh my gosh." That's great. It was so funny. <laughs> great. And they shut up, and they actually started laughing more by the end of it. Yeah. Um. But, yeah, he did exactly what he should have done, but better than I would have expected. Yeah. So it was, Well, that's it was great. Awesome. It's such a great way because I feel like what people want to do so often is be so mean to the audience yeah. in a situation like that that it's like, 
you don't win over the audience. But by saying a thing like that where it's like, how does that feel? Yeah. It puts it on her. Yeah. And now the audience is like more on your side. Right, because the audience knows that he's been speaking to her respectfully. So then right. when he presents that she is treating him uh, unreasonably, it's like we all see it. Yeah. Yeah. So it was great working with him. Love working at Zany's. Great crowds all weekend. Great shows. Great shows. Great. Great shows. Yeah. Where are you going, Dusty? This weekend, I'm going to be at Side Splitters in Tampa, Florida. Cool. It's going to be great. That's cool. I have a great time there. Uh, I always, this will be my first headlining weekend. I've headlined the early shows on Saturday a couple of times, but I love the club. I've really enjoyed it. It's going to be fun. Um, Who are you getting a feature for you? Do you know? Uh, I, I, I don't know the guy. Do you like to ask before you arrive who your feature is, or do you sometimes just show up and you get a feature? I don't know. I mean, who knows? I mean, I I would prefer to just bring my own people. But that's what I'm saying is people ask you to feature all the time. So how does that happen? Do you have to ask the club, or do they say, are you bringing someone? I don't know. I mean, it's different for everyone. I mean, I would prefer to just bring my own people every time. Yeah. Uh, and just have some, but it's like it's it gets harder to do that when you start flying places. It's like am I going to buy them a ticket so I can go? And you know, I'm not doing that. So it's like I don't know. I just want, um, you know, I just want to find the perfect person everywhere I go. But yeah. I don't get a choice. Real. I mean, I I could I could push for it and be like, no, I really want this person or this person. It's like. But I don't. If I don't know someone that well, I don't really want to vouch that hard for them with the club because then I'm responsible for my own performance. But also, I feel a little responsible for their performance, right? You know, so it's like I prefer the club just pick, but pick someone that they think will be a good matchup with me. Yeah, you know what I mean? Because it's like it's hard. Like if I don't know someone and I tell the club, "Hey, I'd really like this guy to feature for me," and then they go in and they're terrible. Then that's like on me too. Honestly, sometimes they're better too, and you're like, "Damn." Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, I mean, I've experienced that. I won't speak for you. Well, no, I mean, and I'm it, like, yeah, they're good though. Well, that's dying. Not, it's not a matter of being better. It's a matter of sometimes they're just. Sometimes re- people come in and crush them. Yeah, sometimes they're just really good. Yeah, but, but it's it, like annoying. It's like, did you got to do that? I. No, but it, I'm just kidding. no, but it doesn't make them better. Uh, it just means that they had, you know, they had a great set. Yeah, totally. And it's like, well, better, better is, you know, is relative. But so yeah. So as far as a feature go, I mean, I think the club, uh, you know, I, I, I assume if I can't drive with them in the car and be someone that I know, I prefer the club just just pick someone or give me some choices to pick from. I'm not concerned about them being better than me. I'm concerned about. Um, not being a good match and taking the show to a different place. Like, I don't want someone opening for me that's super dirty because you took the audience to a different place than I want to take them to. I don't want them to be in that mindset. And also, I I hope that the people that know me and like me come to see my kind of comedy and they don't really want, uh, you know, super dirty comedy. And you say, I mean, it's like, for me, it's like, it's not dirty or clean. That's not the two choices. There's a whole, like... Uh, gray area in between there that it's like there was like you can cuss and not say the f f word every three sentences you know what i mean or every three words you can you know have some sexual jokes but not have the majority of your set be about dating and sex and blowjobs you know what i mean yeah it's like that was my first album right right i mean it's like there's just such a difference in like, you know, and so I just don't want someone that's just over the top, 
dirty. You this, know what I mean? this question really triggered you. You really want to talk about the problem? Well, I just, yeah, I mean, I just feel like that. I think that's something that I'm uh, headliners think about a lot is, you know, who's opening before them and who they bring on the road. And, and also features are wondering, how do you ask headliners? How do you reach out to people? See if you can open for them. Yeah. I mean, I think the way to go, honestly, is unless you know the person, I mean, cause I did it early on, tried to reach out to some people with, with no success, really. I think yeah. if you don't know the headliner, uh, just try to get booked with the club. Yeah, you know the club. That's going to be your better route in anyway. Because if you kind of go around uh, the club, it's like when I was working for Spectreside in sales, right? You would, you would, you would. I would be trying to set up displays on the aisle, and I would ask the department manager. And if the department manager said no to me building a display, then I would go to the next manager. You know. Um, but whenever you go over someone's head like that, go to go to the zone manager, now you've upset the department manager. And now he's not your friend because you went over his head. That's kind of how I feel like the club is. If the club's not booking you, but yet you go to the headliner, then the headliner says yes, then now you've gone over the club's head, and now they're probably not going to like you that much. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I don't know that to be true. That's how I feel about it. I think that sounds true. All right, so you're going where? Yeah, so I just picked up a last-minute gig in Bristol, Tennessee. All right, Bristol, Tennessee, That's home of be... the Bristol Motor Speedway. Is that true? Yeah. I've never heard of it. I've never even heard of Bristol until I got this gig. Yeah. So I'm going there on Friday night, 9 p.m. at Maddie's Inn, Bristol, Tennessee. All right. cool. Yeah, and that's close to North Carolina. It basically looks like it is North Carolina on that's the That's East map. Tennessee. It's East Tennessee. I know it's such a wide state. They have a great, uh, really great, I've been to... Uh, um, the Bristol Motor Speedway with Spectreside, actually. We went. So is the city in hills or is it? I don't know. It's been so long ago, but I'm certain that it is in the mountains up there. But the track is just a bowl. It's a small track. When you're sitting in there, you can see the entire racetrack the whole time. And I got to wave the flag for Carl Edwards uh, during his qualifying lap. That's cute, Dusty. Yeah, so I got to go up in the... Go up in the box up there and wave a flag. That's fun. That was a good time. Yeah. Yeah. So, all right. So there we go. And now uh, on to something that we watched last night. Yo, Adrian! I did it! Great Scott. My uh, We're going to be quick with this. we got to run through these things. Uh, we watched this show called... Uh, Wait, this is the movie section. The movie, yeah. We're watching movies. All right, this movie's called uh, Ivan the Incredible. We wanted to watch some kind of like animated Pixar thing, but we have Amazon Prime, so we only wanted the free ones. So we were like, oh, here's one. And it was like the only one that was free, and it was terrible. It's called Ivan the Incredible, and it's a Danish animation movie translated into English. It felt like one of those situations for me where I didn't want to watch it, but I felt like Hannah wanted to watch it and I didn't <laughs> and I didn't want to tell I didn't want to control the TV. I was Aww. like, you know what, I'm gonna let I'm gonna I'm gonna compromise here. But from the moment it came onto the screen, I said, This animation is <laughs> terrible. Actually it, that's true. Within seconds of the first uh clip being on the screen, Dusty's like, this is awful. 
It was. It was awful. I mean, and it and, did proceed to be awful. And it didn't get better. And then, um, do you have some of those reviews up? Well, but, let's give a, a quick. Yeah, but you do have some up. I though. do. I do. Okay. So it's about this little boy named Ivan, and for lack of a better word, he's a real loser, and he has no friends in school, and he gets terribly bullied. Yeah, I mean, like his dad comes in. He, the kid's sleeping. His dad comes in at the very beginning, and his dad's holding a Tarzan book. And telling his son to be like Tarzan and, and, and being real annoying. and The dad is very clearly mentally ill. But the dad in the first scene seems pretty nice, though. He seems annoying, but he seems pretty nice. He wants his son to grow up big and strong like Tarzan. And he tells his kid to go to school. His kid doesn't want to go. His kid's Ivan. Ivan doesn't want to go to school. Then Ivan's on his way to school, and he sees the girl that he has a crush on while he's following a crow to a dumpster where he finds a piece of a rake that he takes and puts in his bag. Okay? So... He's really weird. And yeah, the girl is the only one in the movie that treats him kindly at all. And she has a big crush on him. She's very rich. Her dad is the principal of the school. Yeah. And he's very tall. And she has a crush on him. The thing that's puzzling about this movie is it's for children. It seems to be for children, yet it's just nonstop emotional abuse to this child, Ivan. It's, well, it's, it's I mean, I, there's about 40 point, minutes of just this kid having a terrible life, and there's but, no funny moments or levity. It's just this kid losing all the time. Yeah, and early on, we still don't know that, though. He's falling in the, dump, he's falling in the dumpster, and he's got the rag, but the girl seems to really like him. But Ivan keeps being like, I don't want to go to school. I don't want to go to school. And so he goes to school. He's walking with the girl. They're having a good time. And then the bullies come. The bully is a very large girl and then these two other dudes. And they just, they really, really are mean to Ivan. Yeah, and then physically. They, and then they put him in the sink of the bathroom to where it looks like he peed his pants. And then they throw him up against the wall in the bathroom stall. And then Ivan goes into class all wet Everyone makes fun of him. The teacher makes fun of him. Uh, he can't read. Uh, at one point, the headmaster comes into the uh, into the classroom and asks someone to read. They call on Ivan. He opens his book. All the letters on the book are running around on the page, and then they jump off of the book and move around the floor, and Ivan's running around trying to catch the letters with the book. But no one else can see this happening. Yeah, it's a real metaphor for dyslexia, I think. <laughs> yeah, this guy. Yeah. So then some witch rolls into town, and she grants him a wish that he could be the greatest at everything. Yeah, meanwhile, his dad's being ma- mean to him the whole time. His what? dad is, every scene his dad is in with him, I'm like, why don't they call Child Protective Services? This father, there's no mention of where the mom is. There's no mom around. It's just this sad dad, seemingly unemployed, waiting for a phone to ring in his house he's, all day long. He says he's going to be a coach. So he's just waiting on people to call him to be. Yeah. And then his dad throws all of Ivan's toys and stuff out the window and said, it's time to move on. Yeah. So anyways, let's read some reviews because we could break down. That's the thing. It's so hard to tell the plot because it's so. Yes. It's just basically weird. Read a couple of reviews. All right. So for Ivan the Incredible, what parents need to know. Parents need to know that Ivan the Incredible is the English language version of a Danish animated movie kids used to the upbeat rhythm of american cartoons and movies will find this film's pace slower and some scenes repetitive in an odd departure for a story with bullying as its theme the underlying puzzling message is that it's better to be bullied than to become a bully yourself 
Uh, Ivan's father is a disrespectful blowhard who cares little for his child's well-being. I agree with that throughout most of the movie. I would say that's even... uh, That's like a nice description of him. Yeah. Cartoon action consists mainly of chases, punches, strong-armed intimidation, and name-calling. Though the animation is unique, I don't actually think the animation was good, so I'm not going to read that part. Wouldn't recommend it. Can't really put my finger on it, but this movie made my husband and I uncomfortable. Just kind of weird. Wouldn't recommend it at all. I agree with that, too. It is weird. So I say go watch it and uh, let us know what you think. Yeah. Okay. Here's one about his dad. Poor Ivan. This is this is exactly how I feel about the movie. Poor Ivan. Everybody picks on him in Ivan the Incredible, even his dad. In fact, his dad is the meanest of all. The bullies at school have made his life miserable. He knows he'll never be chosen for the elite class where everyone is superior and clever. Ivan knows what people say is true. He doesn't read well. He isn't strong. He doesn't have any friends except for Lottie, and he's not sure at all why she seems to like him. The only place he's happy is in a secret abandoned house, yeah, where he's created a whole world of toys and special gadgets to play with. One day, when Ivan feels particularly bad about himself, a mysterious woman, witch, takes him under her wing. She offers him a free miracle, but only for one day, Ivan makes his choice. He wants to be the best at everything. It's only when Ivan's wish is granted that the little boy finds out what actually is important and teaches his father something, too. I think that this the witch says that he could be the best at everything, but only for one day. So had he just made a different choice, like just chose to be good at one thing or just chose to be bigger or chose to be smarter— then he might have could have held on to those powers for a longer time. Well, honestly, I think the real moral of the story is don't ask for too many things. Don't get greedy, kid. Well, I the witch kind of threw in that that right because that she thing said, at the end because she's like wish anything you want. He's like I want to be the best at everything. And she's like okay, but only for a day. And it's kind of like, well, you added that clause at the end. Right, but he could That's my wish. I want to be good at everything all the time. But he could have made a different choice. He could have he just chose to accept. I want to be good at everything all the time. Yeah. Yeah. All right, that's it. So, now on the road. They're on the road again. Hen and Dusty are on the road again. Telling super funny jokes to all their friends. Hen and Dusty are on the road again. Yeah! Uh, this is where I went. I went to Charlotte uh, on Monday, and I did the Bo- John Boy and Billy radio show. I had a great time. They were very nice to me. I used to listen to John Boy and Billy all the time as a kid. Uh, when I, in Opelika, they were in the Columbus station and I, I really liked them and I had a good time there. Now we got some food on the road. I said food on the road. Food on the road. I ate at a place, I think it's called Barrios in Wilmington. It was a taco place. Uh, really great tacos. I loved it. And then, you know, I went to a place called Caps Restaurant in O'Fallon, Missouri that I liked a lot too. Um, I want to give a shout-out to Colton Steakhouse. I've been eating at a lot of Colton's when I go out in Missouri and go out more out west, and I think it's a really good restaurant. It's super cheesy. Like, it's this cowboy theme, theme, so they got, like, things written not well, you know? Like, it's not proper grammar written all over the wall. Like, choose the best. I don't know. I don't have any examples. Like Chick-fil-A? Like Chick-fil-A does? Yeah, yeah, but... In a weird, like, old-school Western way. But the steaks are great. I really enjoy it. Um, I went to this one place in uh, Pittsburgh, Kansas, 
It was like a little diner spot, and I was pretty excited. I go in, they got fried chicken is really featured in the menu. And I was like, oh, that's what I want. I want to get a couple of pieces of fried chicken. So I order them, and the waitress will go, well, that's going to take like 25 minutes to cook. And I'm just like con- confused. I'm like, why is this so prominent on the menu, yet when I order it, you act like it's a problem? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's So I was like, all right, well, I, that, I don't want that then. I, I need something else. And she goes, well, maybe we got a couple of pieces back there or whatever. And it's like, and then they did. And it's just like, what's going on around here? Like, don't, I don't know. And then I was in this, um, in Kansas City, I was in the restaurant eating. And there was a girl that was, she was like selling some kind of whiskey in there. And she was like, so she had all these different uh, uh, whiskey, uh, flavored whiskeys. Yeah. And she, there's no one in there. She's really trying to get people to come drink. So she comes over and she sits at my table and she's like, says something, uh, do you drink? And I was like, no, I don't drink. And she was like, oh, you look like a whiskey drinker. <laughs> you do look like a whiskey drinker. And I was like, well, I do like whiskey, but I had to quit. I had to quit because I, because I like it. Yeah. I do like that whiskey. Mm-hmm. So, um, so that's it. Yeah, I mean that's it. I feel like that that's our uh, that's I feel our like show. That, that's our show. We we had a good. Uh, that's not our show because we have John Chris coming in right now. Right. This is uh, yeah. So we got special guest John Chris. It's going to come up next. We appreciate you listening. I'm Dusty Slay. I'm Hannah Hogan. And this was we're, we're having, having a, a good, good time, time podcast. podcast. Here we are, the We're Having a Good Time podcast. I got John Crist in the house. That's what it's called? Yeah, the We're, We're Having a Good, a good Time, time podcast. Oh, yeah. I'm into it. Yeah, dude. Yeah, because, you know, I'm not great at coming up with names. And when I come yeah. up with something that I like, I'm like, I'm going to put that on Just as many things it. as I can. It yeah. should, shouldn't it? I thought it, it's supposed to be like having a good time cast. Or, you know what I'm saying? Everyone's is like something cast. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, I'm, you I like that to. Up, dude. You yeah, I like that up. to. I like to go the and then in quotes, yeah. we're having a good time. In the quotes podcast, yeah, just you so everyone's I mean? very clear. Yeah, I got yeah. a thing here. So having a good time podcast, having a good time podcast. Out after the show. Yeah, try to try to get the word out there. That's how we do in podcasts. We like to talk about visual things that people are like, yeah, we can't see exactly. what you just handed me. He exactly. just handed me a business card with their having a good time podcast. Yeah. Well, all right. Different fonts, though. I respect. Well, that. yeah, Very I got clear. that. I got that designed. You know, I didn't do that myself. If I did it myself. I would do it on Typerama and be yeah. all the same font. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I'd probably have it be a little bit three D. Yeah. These are a little bit three D. There you go. Actually, That's like when you when you see a when you see a comedian that has done something like very mildly like well presented. You're like, oh, dude, good job. Oh, yeah. Like even mm-hmm. if it's like a, a new outfit or like a. A website that not a great website, but a, a, a functional. Yeah, like, like mine. This guy's a genius. This guy is a businessman. Yeah. Like, no, we're all very behind. Yeah, that's that's my website yeah, right now. Exactly. I'm very proud of it, but yeah. it's not uh, very professional. It's got like a little uh, blimp at the top, like carrying a thing that says Dusty's tour dates. Yeah, have a, comes across. Yeah, have a lot of I have a lot of different backgrounds for each page. You know, I have like a tropical one. Yeah, just and, to see the themes, different yeah, theme. Why, to, why would you want all the pages to be the same? I don't. Yeah, I don't want any of it to be no, like I that. Do. My homepage is, has a marble background. Yeah. You know, because I'm. It keeps it classy. Like people think that I like. You should, we should just never take a photo of 
the current scene that we're in because you know like uh Joe Rogan will take photos or like Theo Vaughn take photos of their podcast studio. Oh yeah. So I think everyone thinks every comedian has a podcast studio. Oh yeah. So that's why I don't do a video in mine. Yeah. It used to be in the guest room and we now we just it's, got seats to yeah. sit on. We yeah. were on the floor for the first Well, yeah. we weren't using this. This is okay. our dining room, but we weren't dining in here. Sorry babe, not, you're not cooking meals. This is a podcast. So we studio. have yeah, we have yeah. Uh, so we have a very non-traditional family life. Yeah, we were like, "Hey, what?" what but you got to be a baller to go to the a podcast. Is it a different place than your house right. is? Yeah, I feel like if you've made it so far as that you have your own podcast studio, probably don't That's, even need to do the podcast. That you're anymore. done. I yeah, think it's a wrap. I wonder what percent. Like, we I was talking to somebody else about this the other day. So, like, a lot of comedians have like podcasts, but a lot of people, like, no one has a podcast. We live in this world where everyone has one. But oh, if you right. were like, hey, like at Christmas, like I have a podcast, they'd be like, what? That's unbelievable. Like right. a, per, a normal in this complex would be like a, a person that I know has a podcast. They're recording the We're Having a Good Time podcast in this apartment complex. That is un- unbelievable. Yeah. But we get in this like zone of like either impressing other comedians or, yeah. or live in the world of other like other comedians are going to think this oh, yeah. is stupid. Because my family is like, you have a podcast? Yeah, it's unbelievable. What's that? Uh, yeah, or that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How does that work? Like, where do I, like, we always have, I do like a funny Instagram story. And then, you know, my aunt or like mom, like the next day, you're like, hey, what happened to that funny thing you said about being at the mall? I said, well, it, it, it expires after 24 hours, that's how an Instagram story is. Like, what do you mean? I was like, what doesn't, well, how can I watch it? I was like, well, you can't watch it. It doesn't. You got to be on the cutting edge. You gotta, if, if Instagram stories is the cutting edge, then uh, yeah. we got some catching up to do. Well, I try to do an Instagram story once in a while, but mine are yeah. all so bad. <laughs> no, I do some, and then I watch yours, and I go, nah, I'm just going to. Oh, that's, yeah, yeah. I'm just going to quit. But don't you think everybody, like. If my or what where how I've become successful is is different than how you've become successful, you wish yeah totally you could be me, me and I wish I could be you yeah I mean right? I'd love to not? yeah I mean I'd love to sell out arenas and have right. people <laughs> take their picture with my cardboard cutouts and, I, know and I'd love to be on the Tonight <laughs> yeah, Show yeah so and, and have a development deal yeah so we're always like if you were like oh man like uh, like we shouldn't like you know Chris Charpentier is. He's a comic. We came up together in uh, Denver. He goes, he told me this one time. He goes, man, you're like one of the few comics that when you do something, like announce some kind of successful something, I'm like happy for you. And I was like, I wish I could be that for everyone. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, but whenever a comedian gets a thing, you're like, right? Totally. And it like ruins your day. Yeah. Depending on who it is, yeah. Depending it can on be, who, uh, like that guy got the Tonight yeah. Show. I try to not be like that because uh, you know I can't be unhappy when people are getting things because people That's are always bad, people are always yeah. getting things. A lot of people are getting things, but there have yeah. been people that have gotten stuff, and I'm like, <laughs> come on! And you're just like you're in the middle of writing, yeah. and you're like this notification, and it yeah. just like you sends you into like orbit, right? Yes, but it was normally. <laughs> When I was featuring, and then somebody okay, else yeah, was headlining, yeah. and I'd be like, "Oh, they got they get to headline, and I'm how I'm does, struggling to feature in here." How does that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or how, how, this this guy? I know. Yeah, you could all. But if let's say you did you you did the Tonight Show, you should, you're and you're already like, "Well, how come they haven't called me back yet?" 
Right, right. And right. you just, you just yeah. did, you know what I'm saying? That is never well, it's like happen. I did, 2015, I did Last Comic Standing, and yeah. I didn't get out of, I made it to the show, <laughs> but I didn't get out of the first round. Yeah, so I'm yeah. watching the whole rest of the season. Just yeah, Funnier it. than yeah. this guy, funnier, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> I, I tried out for, uh, uh, I had an audition for a show, I think it's on True TV right now, it's called Hacks, uh, Hacks of Life. Okay. It's like Life Hacks, and there's a guy and a girl, and they kind of host it. And walk you through. And every time I see a commercial for it, because I get all the way to, like, the finals. First of all, that would have ruined my career if I would have got it. Right. It would have been been... awful to do that and not what I'm doing now. But I still watch it. I go, this guy. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I hate this guy. For no reason. I know. Right. Just because they got a thing. But there's plenty of things. So many things now. You can't be on The Tonight Show every night. Right. You can't. There's so many things. There's now. a lot of things to get. I, I actually feel very good where I'm at right now. And honestly, yeah. I haven't looked at any. I mean, this year was good for me, so I haven't been looking at anybody going. Like, I like like your stuff. Yeah, I look yeah, at your yeah. stuff all the time, and I go, man, that's awesome. But I'm never, like, mad that you have it. Because yeah. I knew you, uh, not long, but I knew yeah. you before this sudden explosion yeah, before the mannequins in the lobby. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, yeah, that's yeah, what yeah. I was like going to say. I knew who that guy was. That's yeah, what I was yeah. going to say. In like 2015, I think I went to the Wichita Looney bin. Okay. And yeah. I saw a picture of you <laughs> and it said, John Christ, clean comedy. And I said to the guy, Biggs, uh, of course his name's big. Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I said to him, Hey Biggs. Yeah. I was, like, this about? I was like, how's this guy? And I pointed to your picture and he was like, he's actually really funny. And I was like, oh, I felt so stupid uh, because I was trying to make a joke with the club owner about yeah, the clean like, comment. Because you emphasized the word this. Like, <laughs> yeah. how's this guy? <laughs> right. It's right. Not, how's this guy or how's this guy? How's it, this guy? I felt so stupid. And then he wouldn't let me stay in the condo because I brought Hannah with me and you're not allowed to have guests. Oh, really? So I had to get my own <laughs> hotel. <laughs> <laughs> So they were like, hey, this is what you're not allowing of all the things right. that you've allowed in this comedy club over the years. Yeah. This is what you're not the, allowing. The condo attached to the club. That's oh, like the a, one with no window. Like a little warehouse. Yeah. yeah it was yeah, really yeah, gonna. Yeah. Yeah. We all, but we all done it. And then, uh, the first time I met you, I think it was 2015 or 16 at the laughing skull festival. Oh yeah. And, or uh, another example of failure. Yeah. yeah. Well, well, uh, yeah. I mean, I don't know how far you got. I didn't, but I knew you. I knew of you. Somehow. Yeah, I knew who you. Yeah. When I walked in, I was like, "Oh, what's up?" Yeah, right? yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. We, just from this comedy, and we're small, yeah, we're bouncing small around circles. Yeah. And then um, we were at Smith's Old Bar. That's yep. what I remember. I never forget. And, uh, I didn't advance. I didn't either. And then uh, I thought I killed. Them. I did too. <laughs> let's not let's just all the things that we're, we've not accomplished. In but life. like the whole time in the lab, I mean, like this past year, I did laughing school and it did a lot of great things for me. Mm-hmm. So I don't, I don't trash it. Yep, but I have to, done good things for me too. During that time, though, I was like. I was so mad at Laughing Skull oh, Festival. Dude. I did it yeah, two yeah, years in yeah. a row. Never got out of the first round. Yeah. I was like, this is... This is and you know what I did? At the, the, I, this is how mad I was. My last set, it was at the hangar. And it was like, everyone already has advanced. I didn't advance. It was like, it's like a, when the World Cup plays like the 3-4 matchup. Like, oh, yeah. Let's just not play this. Like, oh, right. We're not winning. Yeah. If you get disqualified, you should just not... Yeah, it would be an industry showcase yeah, yeah, with yeah, no yeah. industry there. Yeah, that, that's pretty much what it is. Yeah, they're, oh, wh- what's that? Oh, yeah, we're going to the finals. Yeah. We're going to go, yeah. I would usually crush those, the ones that no one's at. Yeah, that's the one. <laughs> Everybody loves me. They're like, he murdered. Yeah. I thought it would be funny because I've done all kind of like stupid stuff. Like one time I did it, I tried to do a whole 
set in Spanish. Like, I just thought it would be, like, just broken English Spanish. Oh, okay, like, uh, yeah. Uh, me amo, me amo es, uh, Juan, uh, 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 stupid. Yeah, well, you're not allowed to do things like that now. Yeah, no, no, yeah. I can't do that. It's appropriation. Right. But uh, I did at that, so I was like, just, you know when you just mail it in, you're like, when you don't care, that's when it, you're the best. Yeah. So I go, hey, this is weird. I got five minutes. I practiced this five-minute set in my mirror, and I got it right to five minutes. Only problem is I didn't count in the time for laughs. So if I could just do this set and y'all not laugh, right? that'd be great. Yeah. And it was so funny. I would go, guys, shut and the people, the the punchlines were like killing, and then everybody's like, "I was like, guys, no, I'm not joking. Like, I need you to not." And it just made it funnier. Yeah, but you would never do that in like real life, on the actual. Like, I wouldn't have done that at Smith's Soul Bar, right? Because <laughs> I was like trying to, right? Because you're in the it. contest, you can't be loose and fun. Yeah, it can, feels you, like the moment that yeah. you just go with these content. Like, like the who la- cares? Like the no, last year I did hilarious. it. That's yeah. where I was at. The last year I did yeah. it, I was like, you know what? I'm just kind of coming down here. I like coming to Atlanta. Yeah, I'm just gonna do it. And they're like, cool, dude, we love it. And then, yeah, and then it was my best. This one of the comics in uh, Denver, his name's Stephen AJ. We had like, we had like had a run of like not like good shows. He he said this one, and it's a bug theater. I never forget of this. He goes, I'm just gonna go up for five minutes, and I'm not gonna say a word, and I'm just gonna like laugh. That's all I'm gonna do. Okay. And it, it was the, one of the I murdered so hard. He goes, he's like. <laughs> <laughs> and then that's all he did yeah for five minutes and he just kind of brought it down and then like and then it it was it was unbelievable but if somebody says like hey like gallagher's like hey you know what i think i'm gonna do i'm thinking i'm gonna like bring this sledgehammer and smash these watermelons like you can't do that if he can make a living doing that there's no rules right there's no rules and if your agent's like hey what you need to do is you don't, right, just you don't point wanna... to him. Just point to the guy that smashed watermelons for a career. There's no rules. Right. Well, but he. I think his life ended. I mean, I don't know what? if his life oh, ended, yeah, yeah. but his career ended badly. He's not doing well. Yeah. <laughs> I think even his brother stole his act. <laughs> or let's say that maybe that's not a good example. Well, he, he was on top for a long time. He was. He had a, he had a, he had a long career. I think he did a show in Charleston in yeah. North in in like West Ashley at a bought like a pool hall, <laughs> a place I had done a show at, and he they like, hired still him. bringing the watermelons. I think so. Yeah, they yo had, yo yo water. They, yeah, yeah. They hired him and he freaked out. Mm-hmm. He freaked out on the audience. Oh, he lost it. Yeah, yeah. I heard. I I that always. Uh, of course we know Lucy who runs Zanies. And yeah, and not runs it, runs it, and, and Mackenzie, uh, is a friend of mine's a GM at Comedy Works where I came up. Oh and, yeah, uh, so I always we're always talking about like how were the shows? Whenever I see Lucy, hey, how was so and so? How was so? And and uh, you're always like, when I, I hear, I do hear that a lot when a comic kind of loses it. Oh yeah, you know whether it's like it's usually like whether anger or like something drug or, or alcohol related, or there's some kind of. It always makes me sad. I don't. Oh, yeah. I, I, I'm never like, oh man, like it all. I don't care how like uh, op- opposed you are to his act or to his him as a person. I was like, ah man, 
Yeah, right? yeah, because it's ah, so I hate weird. It. I hate like it, Friday, man. I hate it. Friday, yeah. I had like three hours of sleep. I drove to Wilmington. My first show, I was up there, and I yeah. stumb. I was mid set, yeah, having yeah. a great time, yeah, and nice. I stumbled on one joke, and then I had to like jog my memory, and yeah. then I felt like the hair on the back of my neck yeah. stand up, <laughs> like a weird rush of anxiety. Like, what are you doing up here? Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? And then, and then if 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 you get if you get like a couple of those shows in a row. And then combined with like maybe like a driving a long way and no sleep, and then a heckler, it you it's done. Yeah, and everyone everyone like comes undone. Yeah, it's like when everything's you're fine, like, you're having a great yeah, time, yeah, and then yeah, so, yeah. like I had this guy in Indianapolis once. He was in the front row, yep. very muscular, so no one wanted to kick him out, yep. and he said. He was just able to say things to me that the rest of the audience couldn't hear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was like, we like the other guy better. And he was just tearing me up. Yeah, yeah, And I was yeah. like, can we kick this guy out? Yeah. And no one would. Because everyone was, no one was opposed to him in the crowd. Right. Because if, like, if there's a there's a bachelorette party yelling and be like, I love him, <laughs> take your shirt off to you or something like that, everyone in the crowd hates them. Right. So you can go, what's it? So you can heckle them and everyone loves it. Right, but you have no ammo with this guy because they no just one hears him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's they the just worst. think I'm. They're like, why is he freaking out on that guy? So they're like, out yo, there? dude, what's wrong with this comedian? Like, <laughs> no, no. <laughs> he told me I hit the other guy. It was funnier. You can't. Yeah. <laughs> it's like Happy Gilmore when he when the guy's like yelling at him oh, from the like, boat. Yeah, yeah, can't hear him. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're gonna need a blanket and suntan lotion. Yeah, because yeah, because but every every co- like Kevin Hart. Is a weekend away from that too, <laughs> right? I don't care who, like, no, yeah. like a, if you're a, a, if you're like, it's Tom Brady or something like that, you or or even a musician, you don't necessarily need the crowd. You can do what you do without them, even if right. they're booing you. You can do your thing, right? Like you don't like LeBron James doesn't need the people of L.A. to like he would prefer it. But he could still go do like we 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 can't without them. Yeah, in fact, I listened to an interview with a football player that said he preferred yeah. coming out to booze. <laughs> I was like, that must be amazing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That we're we're so you're so like vulnerable to them. You're like not to be like like not to be like a, a saint, but like I kind of like when somebody the first time somebody ever emails me like, hey, like. I've been go, like some. I've been going through a divorce, and your your bits, your your. I, I binge watch your videos, and it lifted my spirits. Or your, you know, I'm I got cancer, and whenever I get done with chemo, I watch your videos and your story. Or I'm going through a divorce, and your whatever it is that if you've lifted their spirits, yeah, you kind of get to this like, I I'm like kind of doing this for you, like you bring this thing to the people of Z- of Zanies, and they go boo, we hate it. You're like. This is kind of a this is a gift to you, a very personalized, very yeah. vulnerable thing that I'm showing to you, and you're just trashing on it. Oh yeah, is no worse. There's no worse feeling. Yeah, James Gregory said to me that there's more people that do brain surgery than do what we do. Right. Yep. And uh, I thought that was pretty interesting. Hold on, let's say that again. Now, there's more there's more brain surgeons than comedians. working comedians. Okay, all right. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, yep. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, wow, I don't know if that's true, but it's James Gregor must be true. It sounds amazing. And also, yeah. And um so 
I just think about that, like when I'm doing the show and I'm going out there, and sometimes I'm wondering, I hope they like me, I, yeah. you know. But it's like they should just like me. Like they, they came yeah, to they, a comedy show, they sat down in here to like laugh. They I'm not some laugh. I'm not some clown up here that should go. I hope they like me. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. bringing you a thing. I've got a thing, and and, pro- and probably for a very reasonable price. Yeah, if not free. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> doing less free ones now, yeah, but yeah, yeah. Uh, less free ones. I've done a lot of yeah. free ones. One thing about a comedy and brain surgery, if you want to become a brain surgeon, you decide, if you or I decided today, I want to become a brain surgeon, that's not happening for 15 years. Yeah, I would never make it. Ten, or or let's say you had the capacity, you had the mental capacity to do that. You got four years of undergrad, med school, uh, residency, to get to, like comedy, if you want to do that, you can start tonight. Right. You can be a comedian tonight. Anyone still listening a, to this podcast could be a comedian tonight. Yeah. Yeah, totally. You could go out and do an open mic tonight. and then change your Facebook. To comedian. To comedian, yeah. To, to, and, but it probably takes the same amount of time to become proficient. Right. Yeah, it takes a long time. Yeah, I mean, it takes a long time. I mean, because I watch, I mean, there were times when I first started comedy that I thought, man, I'm really great. Yeah. And I watch those videos now, yeah, and I'm like, this is this terrible. This is not good. Yeah, yeah. it's... Like I had a whole weird thing, you know. I was I was kind of like bigger, and I was yeah, drinking yeah. a lot, so I'd always do jokes about drinking. <laughs> What's the deal? With, yeah, 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 yeah. But do you think I would, the? I would always say, I go, I got pulled over on the way to the show to the night, and the cop was like, you know why I pulled you over? And I was like, yeah, because you're an asshole, right? <laughs> <laughs> and it was killing. Yeah, yeah, dude, got him. Yeah, <laughs> probably the uh, the the. The, that is a good joke. That's a pretty good yeah. joke. I don't know why you didn't tell it on on the Tonight Show. That is a good missed joke. opportunity. Yeah, yeah. The uh, wouldn't you say that like it used to be fun to be kind of anti. Like you could poke fun at cops. Yeah, yeah, now yeah, if you yeah. poke fun at cops, yeah, you're like you're yeah, like nah, I can't do that. Anymore. Yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. you're anti cop now. Like, no, 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 no. I'm just joke. Oh, okay. yeah, I'm just yeah. doing the old thing we used to do yeah. in the trailer park. You know, the Remember cops the thing with the okay. Yeah, the if you say like I think the if you like if you got off stage. I don't care who, if you're on the Tonight Show or an open mic, if you got got off stage like, I killed, that was amazing, you're doomed. There's right. no comic, that, like as soon as I get off stage, I don't care if it's a standing ovation, they carry you out on your shoulder, that's never happened to me. But like, I don't care how, you're like, oh shoot, I gotta, I should fix this, this went well, I should expand on this bit, I should move this around. Like you're saying, when, at the, if you say, I killed, then that's the beginning of the end for your career. Yeah, I feel like yeah. If you have this attitude like, walking I'm around, like, uh, you're like, dude, I just murdered. Like, you, you ever been to like a, a an open mic, and then the comic would like a, like says something about murdering? I was like, yo, I was there. And you did not murder. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know, dude. I've seen. You're like, have you ever seen like a? Have you ever seen like if you? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I definitely have left the stage being like, yeah, I just tore that up. Yeah, no, no, me too. Yeah, definitely. But yeah, you don't, I don't post that like, on dude, Facebook. Or like you, you Or, or you, tell yeah, anyone. Yeah. I don't go into the green room and go, you hear that? Do you hear that? <laughs> There's a free lesson in comedy. Now, I hear that Tim Allen did that uh, at Zanies once after the feature. Like the feature got, the feature crushed. Yeah, yeah, And yeah. got off and came back and Tim Allen was like, you think you did pretty well out there, huh? He goes, watch this. They're going to forget about you in two seconds. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Because the, the feature came off like. Yeah. And I'm, 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 I just. Yeah. Probably like. Hey, good luck following that. Right. Exactly. Like, oh, that's cute. Exactly. That's cute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, 
I was talking this about the other day because in uh, in the Denver comedy scene at Comedy Works, they got like three three locals to do ten minutes in front of you, and they all murder. Yeah, and you're like, man, it's gonna be hard to follow. But and you're like, I'm a better comedian than him because I got bigger laughs. But if you switched it and that headliner did ten in front of your sixty, right? It would, you know what I'm saying? Like oh, yeah, your totally. ten, your best ten to his best sixty is not a comparison. Yeah, it's unfair, right? Yeah, I mean, it was a rude awakening to me at, to go to headlining. I yeah, mean, initially, yeah, me where it's like, yeah. oh, like oh. I've been trying to be like this killer feature all this yeah. time, and now, now I got to go after guys that are that trying are, to be killer features, and also they are trying to kill as hard as they can because they want to be. Yeah, Headliners. because for some, I mean, I don't know, yeah. maybe that's how it's supposed to be, but for some reason there's this mentality yeah, out there yeah, yeah. that you have to ruin the whole show yeah. so that you get moved to headline. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas yeah. my belief, even as a feature, is that we should be working together yeah. to create the best show possible. Yeah, and if you were like, hey, like, like, uh, if you had a lot of, like, if, if you know, we we're both, we we're like, hey, I got a bit similar to that, would you default to the headliner or no? Yeah, if totally. The, if the feature and the headliner both have a, a similar bit. You should default to the headliner. Yeah, as right? a feature, yes, I would totally just let them. Do what, if, their... what if you were like, if the if the you know if the feature had like a like a strip tease or like a guitar thing or like a very or like a dance? Would you tell them not to do that? The feature, if you oh, were headlining, I, you know, I don't know. Just... I mean, I find myself in this spot right now where I'm kind of like thinking about those sorts of things because yeah. i'm like wanting to get wanting to get one or wanting to tell the the feature to not do it well w- whether i should or shouldn't <laughs> is what i mean you know what i mean because yeah, yeah. like i see people doing stuff and i'm like you know what that's like that's, i try to i request yeah. that people be relatively clean because okay, i'm like okay, yeah, i'm yeah. like i don't care if you cuss a little bit yeah, yeah but if you're gonna get up there and get all wild like that's yeah, not that fitting then it's like a you have to re a whole like right adjustment yeah yeah I mean, yeah, I mean, I don't want, I mean, I, I'd love to be in a position where I could go, all right, my features, no dancing, yeah. no guitars, no puppets, no, <laughs> wow. you know what I mean? You're just going after everybody. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I just uh, want you to stand there at the microphone and do time, jokes like me. One time a, co- a, a comedian a headliner told me not to take the mic off the stand. <laughs> oh, man. Real. He goes, don't take the mic off the stand. I was like, jeez, dude. I mean, yeah, I'll that's do too it. far. Well, I got a lot of. I got a lot of all those things that you just described. I got a lot of those in my show. Okay. But, so there's a lot of uh, sound cues. There's a lot of running around, falling over in video intros and and like fog, all these things. Yeah. But I'm going out in... in February with Foxworthy and Larry the Cable Guy. Oh, yeah. So I'm like... That's pretty exciting. But not to throw that, not to... But I'm going back to the open. Yeah. So I'm not... All that stuff is staying at home. Yeah. And it should... Right, you don't open for Jeff Foxworthy and come out to well, a the, fog machine yeah, and a bunch of stuff. You know? He's like, "Yo, who is this guy? I never even heard of this guy. He has a right. he has a semi truck. Yeah, it seems like a lot. Yeah, exactly. If it's when it's your show, when you're headlining, you do whatever you want. You do whatever you want. It's your show. You've created. That's actually hilarious. Now that I think about it, especially with your show. Like where you're at, like these people are all yeah, coming, to, coming see to see you. Create yeah, yeah. the the John Christ yeah. experience, you, and, and and all the things that they want. Just make it bigger, and yeah. more outlandish, and more. Right. If you if that is within the frameworks of you can do, do it. Yeah, that'd be yeah. hilarious. Yeah, try that. Yeah. But if your comedy was was like my headlining yeah. set, where I'm just standing there, there's no sound cues. Yeah. I'm just doing jokes, and then. <laughs> 
And then Aaron comes on to your show. Aaron Weber comes out, yeah, and he's yeah. got pyrotechnics yeah. going. And he's, he's you like, know, yeah, he's pulling things out of his pockets. Like, <laughs> right? Yeah. Whoa, this is a lot. You yeah, know? you might be like, all right, maybe settle this I'll down. Be like, hey, dude, can we uh, can we ratchet it down <laughs> yeah. one or two? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and it's like even like That's merch funny. pitches. I had a feature that. Uh, he gave a super long merch pitch. Yeah, like I have too. He was yeah. already like ten minutes over his set, and his merch pitch was like, "I donate a portion of this to teachers," and it's like, okay, "Dude, just okay. sell this shirt." Yeah, we don't. Yeah, so so, but if you, I like going back to if you got off stage and you thought you killed the whole thing is like self awareness, right? So if you're like, "Hey, I'm gonna do a ten minute," I'm gonna Dusty's asked me to do fifteen. I'm gonna do twenty five. Like, great, you might have sold a lot of merch. That night, and you might have killed, but I'm never going to have you back. Right. So, and and so, like, if somebody's like, hey, I'm going to email some comedian 20 times to try to get, like, a guest spot, you'll get a guest spot, and then that's going to be the end. Right. Right? Or if yeah. you, if I want to come, I could bring all the stuff out with, with Foxworthy, and I it would probably kill, and then that would be the end. Right. Yeah, so you decide. You decide what you want to yeah, do. Yeah, do you want to keep working? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it's like even like, yeah, that's what I was just talking earlier with Hannah about. Like like if you're going over the club's head yeah, directly yeah. to the comedian, <laughs> if the comedian's your friend, yeah, okay. Do it, yeah. But if not, you just made the club upset. And ever and then the and then the the you're he's doing you a favor and now he has to put his neck out for you. Right. And if you don't do well, then it comes back on him. Right, because on the guest yeah. spot, if you don't do well, you're like, well, whatever. It's only yeah. five minutes. But now the rest of the show is off track. Yeah, and you just buried the whole, and then he's got to yeah. come out, and he's got to make fun of it, and then it's a whole, you did a whole thing. Everything that the club and the and the headliner had going for them, you're just like, how can I get involved in this and right. bury it? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not a big guest spot fan. No, I, I was like, like when Lucy ever puts me on the show or when you put me on the show, you're like, hey, what are you like, dude, I'll just come when the show starts and you just put me, I don't want to yeah. be like. Well, a show uh, like mine is a showcase thing, but like yeah, yeah, at yeah. Zany's, but, um, but like if you're doing a show, like I like a guest spot for a couple of reasons. If yeah. someone's like, hey, I'm really working on a set. I got a thing. Can I, can I practice it here? Yeah. Okay. Or, hey, I'm a traveling comic. I'm really yeah. trying to get into this club. Do you yeah. mind if I do a set? Okay. But just a casual, like, I'm hanging out. I'd like to do the same set I do every night, right. but just do it on your this show. Is the, you're, you're not this. Why? Right. Because that, I don't care how long it is, that five minutes could go to someone that right. is trying to work. Yeah. And trying to be better. Yeah. So why give the five, like, yeah, we, we used to deal with that in, in Denver coming up in the scene. Like, so you would get on once every six weeks or something to open mic night or something like that. And then like there was guys that were like, get like there, we call them like a hobbyist. Oh yeah. He's not trying to do it for, he has another job. Right. He's in his forties, fifties and he's in it. He's a lawyer. Right. He just comes down as like a, and, and murders with his five and then it, same five. And then that's that. Right. I'm like, right. Never working on a new file. No, never. Like I would, I would love for you to go out and bomb and be like, well, now I learned that that bit is not good. Right. And you've, you've, this is just for him to go back to it, his it job and tell his friends. Yeah. I I do comedy. I'm a comedian. Yeah. Yeah. Or like he, or like he brings some girl down. Oh yeah. And like murders and like takes her home. Yeah. Okay. Here we go. Yeah. Yeah. I got a Tinder date. (laughs) Hey, you want to go out? Uh, you know what? Friday's not good because I got a comedy show. <laughs> okay, <laughs> <guy>. <laughs> okay, guy. Yeah. Yes. 
All right, so then after the laughing skull, I started seeing these videos of you and these well-produced videos that you were doing. Oh, and I was yeah, like, oh, yeah. man, this guy's really really doing a thing. This guy's doing a thing. And then yeah. you moved to Nashville. Yeah. And I was so excited because yeah. I love it here. It's the best. And I love Zanies. It's the best. And um, so when whenever comics come here that yeah. I like, I'm like, this is great. Because now our scene's going to be – I mean, yeah. I don't know if our scene's better. We're not really out on the scene a bunch. But – yeah. yeah. Uh, Ideally, it is. People, more it's, people can pop is, in. It is a scene. It, yeah. It definitely, you could say that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, we could pop in on shows and it yeah. could be a good time. Yeah. And, uh, and then uh, your career exploded. And yeah, then I was like, yeah, I was yeah. like, whoa, look at this. What's happening? This is, yeah. I was like, this is amazing. <laughs> and, uh, and I've been doing, I've been doing a show at Zany's for like three years yeah. and uh, have yet to sell it out. And oh, then yeah. you, uh, oh. you did uh, Sunday. You're like, yeah. oh, I'll just sell out both of these and yeah, uh, real quick. Yeah, yeah, but it was a good time. It is fun. I, and, but that's another thing. Like we were saying before, it's like I don't see you doing these things and then get mad at you. I'm like, this is great. Yeah, yeah. You know and, I mean? and, I, and when I like, if the uh, like in a lot of ways, if there's a, like a, a all right. So we we book shows at whatever certain price, right? So then if if they can't you know, afford the show or the date doesn't work, they go, send me another, send me some other comedians. Or, you know, I got this comedian that is, uh, you know, he's he's going to come do it for $200. I was like, if you're getting him to do like an hour, like I can't really endorse that because that's bad for all of comedy. Right. So if, if someone that's never come to a comedy show comes to your show or my show, they're like, oh, we should go to comedy more. Right, right. We oh oh, this, yes. and that's good for everyone. Yeah. So me being like a comedian in church, these people for the most part have never been to a formal comedy show, and they're like, oh, that guy, I enjoyed that a lot. And here's all the other comedians that he rolls with. Here's kind of his crew. When they come back, and you've been on my shows, and I've been on your shows. Oh, and everybody's like, do we love? They they watch your Tonight Show special and then are all tagging me like John. This is the guy that was on. I was like, well, that, first of all, that he's way more than the guy that was on my show. That's not who he is. But then everyone right. there was like, oh, we like. That's good for when you killing is good for me, right? And if you're a comedian and you don't think that you're you've you're misguided, yeah, a hundred percent, yeah. Good comedy is good it's for good, all comics, yes, yeah. Because that's what I uh, I always hate. Like if. The, the hierarchy kind of in the sense of there's shows that have been created, yep. and you want to get on them, yep. so you get good yep. to get on them. Right. <laughs> but what happens a lot of times is either there's shows that just everybody's allowed to get on, yep. so there's no audience, yep. because the audience has learned that it's a terrible show, it's bad. Yeah, yeah. or those people who don't get on those just go to another place and start their own show. Yeah. So that, then yeah, yeah, yeah. people go to that and they go, "Ooh, comedy in this town's terrible." Yeah, because they're like, "I went to the one thing." Yeah. Who well, I was talking with Lucy at, at Zanies, and or, or I was talking to Aaron. It's like these days in 2018, if you're saying, "Hey, I like a let's say you submit a video to Looney's and it's bad," and they respond, "Hey, uh, you're just night, you're not quite ready." For the club yet, this is not good. Uh, work on your act and email us again in a year. A comedian in 2018 is just not taking that constructively. No. They're going, screw the club. They don't know what real comedy is. 
I'm hilarious. Like no right. one, no one would be like, hey, like you had to look yourself in the eyes and be like, yo, this is not good. Yeah, or or it could be better. Yeah, like, no I mean, one is willing to admit that they're not good. Yeah, I mean, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, my problem is that most clubs won't send me back that email, yeah, which yeah, I yeah, wish yeah. they would. Yeah, I wish they would. Too. I wish they'd go, hey, listen. I watched your video. Yeah. You're just not where we want you to be. And then I'd be like, okay, good. You watched it and yeah. you gave me some notes. It's not. Yeah, I was I was like interested in a girl recently. Yeah. And I was like, we were messaging and texting and I was kind of reaching out. And she goes, hey, uh, I'm not I'm not interested. And I was like, first of all, I was like shocked. And then like a day later, I was like, you know what? I respect that. Yeah, I totally. I respect that a lot. Instead of just keep doing this whole totally thing i loved it yeah i like no i didn't love it at the time it was pretty hurtful but then then i respected it like about a day later yeah well i Maybe think not even a day it took a while yeah. to get over it i was, but like, then I was like oh i should do that more well at least you're not like like messaging all the time and then she's like behind your back going yeah. oh gosh this guy yeah. keeps texting me and, and then and, you're and, showing your yeah, friends yeah. like look at this and yeah. she's like <laughs> like uh, this whole long and she's like lol so funny like three days later like, <laughs> that's not <laughs> That's not good. <laughs> I mean, hypothetically, hypothetically, yeah. not yeah. like a real situation. Yeah, Obviously, you get it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've been there. I've been there. Yeah, you get it. Yeah, I used. To, that's why I had to quit drinking. You know what I mean? Yeah, I couldn't wait three days when I was drinking. Oh you know? yeah, I couldn't yeah, wait yeah. for that. Lol. Nah, yeah, yeah. I'd yeah. send it. I'd be cool and fun, ah, and then yeah, I have a couple yeah, of beers, yeah. and then I leave a voicemail. No matter what, actually, you know what? <laughs> I leave a voicemail. <laughs> I've left some voicemails. It's never good. Yeah, I've left I, some voicemails. I keep that, this one? Yeah. That I hope don't. they're deleted. <laughs> Gosh, I'm going to be in some trouble. <laughs> As it turns out, yeah. Yeah, I used to drink a lot. And, uh, you know, you don't make the best decisions when you nah, when you drink. Nah. I would drink heavily to yeah. to a place where no one needs to go. Yeah. And uh, I liked going there. Take you to a place. Yeah, yeah I'd yeah, like yeah, to go yeah, into yeah. that place. I've been I've been there... Uh, in life sometimes where you're like, well, like it's like something that you like, you should be able to do this and not like, if someone's like, Hey, there's like the liquor stores are closed. You'd be like, all right. Yeah. No, no. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. Like, Hey, we need to make sure like, you know, like a, let's say like a wedding or some kind of like, you're like, but are we like, is is there drinking there? Like you should be like, well, if there is great, if there's not, I'm good. Yeah. You know, but get to, you get to a place where you're like, Oh, yeah. I'm not going unless I can't. And that's not good. Yeah. It's not a good place to be. No, no. I've, yeah, I've definitely uh, turned down some invitations when when you, like, I've been to a wedding and you get there and you're like, there's no alcohol here? At all? You got, all I got is these pimento, these store bought pimento cheese sandwiches. Is it? That's all you got? I'm out. Yeah. I'm going to take a sandwich, but then I'm out. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And I've, and I've been to, yeah, I've been to weddings where I'm just so out of control. I like, yeah. The guy was giving me and my buddy like small shots, and yeah. I gave him like a twenty, and I was like, "Can you start beefing these up?" You know what I mean? You're like, when you have to do something like, uh, like uh, when you have to start. He's like, like, "I'm not even supposed to be doing shots." We're <laughs> <laughs> like, my I was with like uh, like a family friend. We were like in like uh, you know we're out in downtown Chicago or something. They have like a Starbucks cup with a like we're, we're doing too much here. We're, yeah, you know what I'm saying? When yeah, you're, yeah, when you're having to sneak it. Oh yeah, to places like a, you're like a, somebody. One of my friends was like, "Hey, I got this uh, for like uh, football games and stuff. I got this. Uh, I bought it on eBay. It's this bottle of lotion, but you can like fill it 
it's not there's not lotion in there. It's empty. You can fill it with vodka. I was like, well, are we? Is this where we are? Yeah, is this, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Is this where we are? Uh, okay, yeah. Uh, no, yeah. I did. I took a. <laughs> To, uh, me and a buddy took some Adderalls one time. This, this conversation is <laughs> yeah, no. going. No, tell the story. I we took hear. some Adderalls, yeah. and then we went to this Gamecocks game in Columbia, <laughs> a football game, and uh, we snuck in many bottles. Oh, and we, perfect. And we yeah, bought yeah. one Coke, <laughs> <laughs> one cup of Coke, and we're sharing the cup. <laughs> and the Adderall had weird effects on. Like yeah. for him, it got him really jacked up. Yeah, so he was yeah. screaming. Yeah. But for me, it got oh, me it got that. me really focused. Yeah. So I'm like, that's a great play. Yeah. He's yelling, and I'm like, what a what a wonderful play. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? I think I think the I think the farthest one I was at a uh, uh, a Kenny Chesney concert. Oh yeah. But I got there. No shirt, no shoes, no I problem. Got to no problems. I got there a little late, so that you know the last call is is at whatever time and you can only buy one beer at the at the thing you can't you can only buy one at a time just that's the rule or or something like that so i was like well two would be perfect so i'm gonna go so i like bought one and then i like put it like on top of the like trash can to the side and then i went like around and then i Try to get another, and the ladies, we just saw you. So I was like, ah, oh, okay. I was like, oh, okay. You know what? No, what? No, you know, you're right. You're right. You know, I'm just going to go. I'm going to, you know what? I'm going to have one and then I'm going to enjoy this concert. Yeah. Like when, uh, you, when you're trying to do like a sneaky thing. Yeah. Getting when... caught is, is, is funny. I, in high school, I got, my sister would, could check me out early. So I would get her to oh, check okay, me yeah, out. And yeah. then one time I wanted to check my friend out. So I got her to check me out. And then I called <laughs> I pretended to be his dad. <laughs> and the secretary goes, "Is this Dusty?" <laughs> and I was like, "Yeah, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm gonna get going. I'm gonna get going. Yeah. Uh, is this Dusty? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, yeah, oh, sorry about that. It's like a, in Little Rascals when the kid is on the on the shoulders of the other kid with the long trench coat, and they go into like, we can we 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 know who that you're not fooling anyone. Yeah, a kid <laughs> yeah, definitely yeah, not. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I'm trying to like my voice is already like distinct. Yeah. anyway, so it's like, hey, can I check? <laughs> Paul of school. <laughs> this is testing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, know, you got me. I was like, I'm sorry about that. I gotta go. I'll talk to you. I gotta get going. I'll see you. There. See you tomorrow at school. That's a wrap. So you and you do. Um, I just had wrote down like qu- these are not even questions really. This like is this. this is the most prepared anyone has ever been on a podcast. Oh, they wrote they wrote down questions. Oh, with good. A pen and paper. Yeah, yeah. Well, this this is. It's not so much of a question as it like since I've been living in Nashville, yeah. uh, I don't really go to church. Not because I don't want to, but because I, you know, I got a million excuses. But yeah, yeah. Uh, mainly because I'm gone every yeah. weekend. Yeah. Right. Uh, so I don't have the problem of. But back when I lived in Charleston, I did right. go to church. Yeah. So every once in a while, people from my church would be like, "Hey, we're going to come to your show." Yeah. And back then, my comedy wasn't as clean as it is now, but okay, it was yeah. still fairly clean. But right. I would be, but whenever there was the threat oh, of yeah. church people they're coming, in, they're coming, they're infiltrating. I'd the be like, "Oh, I got to clean up. I got to yeah, edit yeah. my jokes." <laughs> and even now, though, I went back to Charleston, and these people were like, "Hey, that I used to go to church with, who are yeah. grown adults, grown adults." They're like, "We're going to come to your They've show." And I've heard like, swear words before. Yeah, and I'm thinking, they, "Oh, I can't yeah, do yeah, it yeah, now." Yeah, yeah. So, do you feel that kind of stuff with your um, shows, like? But if uh, of like uh, all right, well, so we but I do, guess you you kind of cater to the crowd, so it's like you're not. I don't know if you cater right, we'll to see, it, but uh, it's it's for all right. First of all, it's 2018, so like if like uh, when I do I did the show with Larry the Cable Guy, 
like any like it, that's not he's not clean like he, right. Like, but like but like it's two thousand. If if somebody came to the show and they were like, "Yo, John was like swearing and like all these like sex jokes," they were like, "Oh." And it would probably turn up on the internet somewhere in a video, and then it would be over. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, so you, totally. I can't, like, I don't, first of all, I don't have any dirty jokes. To, right. Because, like, like uh, I think it was a Louis C.K. interview one time that was like, hey, if you're going to be a great comedian, like, write about what you know about. Right. What you know about. So, like, I, if somebody was like, hey, John, do a joke about, like, cocaine. Right. I would be like, uh, I took cocaine and then I like was really like jittery. And, like, I just I don't know about it. <laughs> right. You know what right, I'm saying? I just right. uh, not like, I don't or do a joke about uh uh not let's say not even something moral, like like uh do a joke about equestrian. Like, right. I don't know I don't know that world but like the the church world, like I grew up in church in the south, my dad's a pastor. I worked at a church. I like all church related things I know about innately. Right. So I can do jokes that for example that you can't do. And then but totally. your perspective, you can do jokes that I can't do. Right. So if you want to be like what's the difference between men and women? Like dogs and cats, everyone can do that. Your bit better be transcendently amazing if you're talking about stuff like Right. Yes. Seinfeld was the, it was transcendent. It's that anybody anybody can do those premises. They're not his. Right. But he was so great at like I have a joke about uh, um if somebody's like I have a joke about like texting and driving like the cop pulled me over and he's like oh, who are you texting I was like well I had like one text with dinner like it wasn't like te- like you know what I'm saying it's a stupid <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, that's it, pretty funny though but if, but I, so or like I remember a joke I about uh, this is dumb like a. Uh, uh, this is before the Jared Subway scandal, but I used to have a joke about, like, I, I was in love with this girl, and she was like, take me to Jared's, and I was like, uh, and I took her to Subway. Or, so, or like, oh, hey, yeah. give me, like, she went to Jared's, like, I took her to Subway. Or my girlfriend was like, he went to Jared's. Pedophile guys ruin everything. Whatever, yeah, 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 ruin my, I was like, oh, I gotta ruin this bit now. Jeez. Yeah. So, like, so, like, my mom was on the, uh, she was listening to, like, you know, Sirius XM or something like that. She goes, John, I heard another comedian do like the Jared's subway thing. I was like, yeah, but it's not, it's not, I wouldn't consider that stolen because it's a very like, what's the deal with all these prescriptions where the side effect is worse than the, that's not, it's no one's bit. Right. It's the, you know, but, but I have a joke about when I was a kid, I, uh, I, uh, I was homeschooled and I was one of eight kids and we all got together, all the homeschoolers in the neighborhood and my mom hired an Abe Lincoln impersonator to come to the house to deliver the Gettysburg Address, but he showed that the Abe Lincoln impersonator was black. And it was like a very, like, because it was the phone book. He just looked up, like, impersonators, and and that obviously problematic. So if someone else was doing black Abe Lincoln, you were like, okay, that's John Christ's bit. Right. You know right. what I'm saying? Right. So, like, if it's it's so... Yeah, it's got to be very specific. It's got to be... That is yeah. an unstealable bit. General, to, like, I, yes, yeah. I had, uh, I used to be, uh, I have this John Reap coaster here, but yeah. John Reap's my friend now, but okay. I used to be a uh, big fan. I still am a big fan, yeah, but I didn't yeah. know him. So I, I, did, I did a weekend with him a while back. Yeah. He's the, one of the best. Yeah, I love yeah. him. But I had a joke that I was doing locally on the scene where I would yeah. say, I would come out and I would go, I know what you're thinking. And yeah, I've been working out. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah, Cause I was yeah. fat, you know, right. so that was hilarious. Yeah. And uh, so I'm watching a John Reap special yeah. just came out on comedy central. Right. So excited. That's his opening bit. Yeah. And, but it's like, it's like, 
It's a loose it's uh, a, if you're, premise. If you're getting on the internet and saying, you stole that bit from me, I'm going <laughs> right. to say, you didn't take it somewhere else. <laughs> right, you right. take that exactly. somewhere else. I was, I was disappointed because yeah. I was like, I like doing that. Yeah. But I didn't, I didn't think and for one very, second. Like, just like the cop joke you told earlier. It's right. Not like, but it is funny. Right. But also you were like, a, like I have a joke where like, I don't make fun of homeschool. To me, it was like the goodest thing that ever happened to me. Right, like, right, right. Come on. That's a joke joke. Yeah. It's like... But if somebody like Nate Nate Bargatze's like Emporatorium or whatever that is uh, with the with the snake the snake whatever that you heard that bit it's like an unbelievably like oh this if someone else I was like yo dude that's Nate Bargatze's bit. right right you know what I'm saying if it's yeah. so like specific to you that it gets totally. on the steel so like when I go like I'm already my brain's already working like when I go with out with uh, when I go out with uh, Larry the Cable Guy I'm like all right. The uh, Daniel on the Lion's Den bit is going to have to go. <laughs> right? <laughs> they're like, you know yeah, what I'm saying? They're yeah. like, nah. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. we don't. Yeah, they're like, we didn't come down here to hear church. We try to get away from this. Yeah. But, but funny is funny. So it's like, it's always like a challenge to be like, yeah, I'm going to see what, I'm going to see what works. Just like yeah. when you go to like Canada, I'm going to Canada next year. Like, I wonder what, I wonder what comedy's like up there. Yeah. I got to yeah. fix some, I got to move some things around. Remember when I was saying that I I don't get mad when I see that you have got new things? Yeah. When I saw the uh, Jeff Foxworthy, That's and, what. <laughs> and I was pretty upset. <laughs> you know what? Cancel the podcast. No, it is thing. exciting. That is very exciting. And uh, it should be exciting for them, too. I think that yeah. uh, you could uh, bring a lot of people to their show. So Yeah, I think we'll, that, we'll see what happens. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully, it all, hopefully it all works out. All right. So, let, all right. This is, we're, we're about there. I just want to oh, ask, yeah. like, this kind of question, right? It's Let's like, you you've done comedy zones, Looney Bins. No disrespect to them. You've nope. done them. Yep. But now you've done um I always reference like the Dallas Mavericks basketball stadium. Yeah, yeah. And it was sold out. Right. Yeah. So you got to do a lot of <laughs> those different variances, yeah, right? Yeah. Is there something obviously the stadium stuff yeah. is better. The money's better. It's, it's you got you got uh, smoke yeah. machines, yeah. you got you know, everything's better. I can't bring this like uh I was doing Lucy's show, and I was, she's like, you can have like five minutes. I was like, well, my intro video is four and a half. <laughs> right, so right. I'm like, I'm just going to do 30 seconds. Yeah. yeah. It's going to, I'll come out on fire, though. Yeah, then I'm like, thanks. But is there something that you miss about doing those uh, smaller shows? Uh, uh, 100%. Yeah. It, okay, so uh, I, I used to go to church in Los Angeles. And the, the, a guy named Judah Smith was the pastor. He's very this very charismatic, like uh, you know, Christian. There's a, you know thousands of people at the at the church, and like you know, Justin Bieber goes there, and like uh, oh, Selena yeah. Gomez. It's very it's uh, there's paparazzi out front of the church, all this kind of stuff, right? So, and he, I remember him saying, oh, "So when you started, you just wanted to make your buddies laugh. Like when I started, I wanted to be, make my buddies at the frat house laugh." That's how I, I remember doing anything publicly. Just my buddies at the frat house trying to make them laugh, right? Yeah. And so, and he said, he started as a youth pastor. He was just, he was teaching the kids the Bible. And he said, it's the same feeling. And arguably, he said, I was happier back then. Wow. Right? Yeah. Because all this, all this stuff now is like... Uh, agents and managers and commissions and what's the schedule for the tour and who's going to come I like but it, it all that stuff like if all the i was telling aaron and dustin and like if if all the stuff 
broke down or the, or none of the luggage came or the truck didn't get there, I would still go out with a mic and and murder. Right. Because all that stuff is not what comedy. It, it, it enhances it, but it's I had the most fun, like, last week at Looney's or at Zany's just being like, hey, what's up? Yeah, yeah. It's because it's the same. And all that stuff is stripped away from that. Because you're like, oh, I got this bit about... Uh, like you say, I got this bit about McDonald's, but tonight tonight just like, hey, they're like an advertiser. So like that bit's gonna. Have to oh go. right. Or right. like, hey, I just want to come out and like stand. Or like, yeah, but you got to stand like with your shoulders like this way because the camera. And you're like, <laughs> right. No, this isn't. This isn't what. Yeah. Well, I started when I was a kid. This is what I dreamed of. I dreamed of just doing whatever I. Yes. Being creative. And, well, that yes, I agree with that a lot because I like to when I get a bad hotel. Or when no one shows up to my show, yeah. I like to take a picture of that, yeah. and I want to make fun of myself. Yeah. And then people go, you know, you shouldn't, you shouldn't take pictures like that and oh, post them because you look like you don't get good shows. Yeah, yeah. And you yeah. look like that you're not, you're not, you're not creating the illusion that you should be you're creating. Like, well, this is the real life, this right? Is real life, and that's yeah. what I think. It's far more funny, way for me to post a picture of three people in the audience, yeah. than sold out. Is Way it funnier? Is it fun yeah. to go sold out show? Yeah, absolutely. And, and when you when you get on the Tonight Show, should you advertise and retweet that? Yes, you yeah. absolutely should. <laughs> right? You, if you, yeah. you'd be dumb if you didn't. Yeah. But also, like, like comedy is like it comes from like pain. So if you woke up, kissed your wife, said hello, she made you breakfast, a healthy breakfast. Uh, you got uh, all your vitamins. You checked your bank account. It was more money in there than you thought there was. You got a new car. Your dad called you to just say how proud of you he was. <laughs> yeah. And then you went to the gym and like got your personal best. There's nothing funny about that. Right. But what's funny is when you think you're the, you got off the Tonight Show and they give you a key to the Motel 6. Right. That is humor. Yes. That's what it is. Right? Yeah. yeah. So when you're sold out. And there's, there's no humor there. Now right. that you, but you you draw from your life and your experiences. But the like going being on the road at these awful like road gigs and like oh yeah, to, I I remember one time I was so like hungry, but there was no there's nothing open. And I was like staying at this hotel that was awful. And one time I went, all I had was like there's no ATM or anything around. There, I had like a, a dollar I think in my wallet and i put it into the vending machine and the thing it got stuck and i cried i real tears that <laughs> see that's funny yeah yeah it is it why, is well why but like if i was like hey like what's in catering is it like is it the filet or is it the salmon yeah you douche that's that, <laughs> right, right that's right. not funny yeah. yeah but like the like man that is so like the, yeah <laughs> i mean you know in in december of 2017, I I pre-taped the Jimmy Kimmel live right, yep, thread, yep, so yep. I did that. I pre-taped that, and then uh, I couldn't tell anyone because <laughs> you know because it hadn't yeah, aired. It's not, yeah, it's not, yeah. So I'm not allowed to say anything. So the next day, I went to Chapel Hill, North Carolina, yeah. to do a show in a bar, and the only oh, people that showed man. up 
were uh, the only people that showed up were the comics yeah. and a girl who had heard me on satellite radio. Oh, so she heard me. So it's even worse. That is, but that is humor. Yeah, because she, funny. she heard me, so she thought, this guy's really funny. I'll travel to see him. Yeah, and they and were then, like, oh. <laughs> we thought this guy was a big deal. I thought he was a thing. Yeah. And so the, the, that, is, that makes me chuckle. Yeah. The, 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 it's either like the dichotomy of what, like, all of my, I've talked about this before, all of my most successful sketches are, like, Honest football coach, honest preacher, honest parent at Disney, honest. So it's just like you see you see a, a, a commercial for Disney, and you're like, it's not like that, right? And then the honest, like I hate my kids, I can't stand this, right? Not. So like honest football coach is like the real football coach. Is like, hey, we played our hearts out, you know, we're gonna get back in the, and we're gonna. And the honest football coach is like, I hate these kids. Yeah. So so. On like the dichotomy of like what you see on the internet or what is portrayed versus reality. Or oh yeah, it's always like, oh, it's so good. Yes, when because people because everyone else is that everyone can relate right. to that because they might not be a comedian, but they are like they just got promoted to like CFO and they have no idea. Yes. what they're doing. Yeah, see, that's like what the wave that's has real life. What yeah. the wave has done for me on stage is what I wish that I could do for myself with pictures, which is like yeah, if yeah. I tell a joke and it's not good yeah. and no one laughs, I yeah. wave. Yeah, the yeah. wave says, the wave says, I realize it wasn't a funny joke. I realize yeah, you didn't yeah. laugh, but I'm okay. I'm good. Yeah. That's what I and want. That's, that's bailed you out. For years, yeah, and, yeah, and, and he, yeah, but in a good way, yeah. You know, like, and that's what I want with these pictures. I want to be able to yeah. take a picture and say, yeah. "Look, there's six people in the audience," yeah, and yeah. go, "That's what comedy is, is." Yeah, I'm okay with it. So, so what's what's worse? Well, all right, so if you're if you are that if that situation does happen where that girl has driven two hours to see you, something has to be done with that. Yes. But if you just post, hey, like, loved, loved Wilmington, crushed it tonight, you're like, dude. <laughs> right. Because you know somebody out there in the world is like, no. Yeah. That's like, that guy's a liar. Yeah. But if you put it out as to what really happened, no one can be like, or no one can say that you're cocky or that you're the man. Yeah. Because comedians, I think, are more, like, people roast me on the internet constantly. Yeah. And, and, and like, if, like, back in the day, we weren't successful. It was more comfortable because we could always blame, oh, the loony bit doesn't know how to book talent. Oh, this guy's terrible. Oh, I'm poor. I can't afford. It was, it, you're, you're more comfortable there. Yeah. So when someone said, hey, Dust, like someone says, John, your videos have honestly like inspired me and like changed my life. That is very uncomfortable for me to hear. Right. Right. Because yeah. a comedian does not live in like, I'm like, when somebody says, hey, dude, you're trash, it affirms what kind of I've thought about myself for, since – this is getting too personal, but since you were a child. Right. Hey, you're unsuccessful. You're trash. We're like, thank you. I'm more comfortable there. <laughs> right. Because right. I've thought this about myself. <laughs> yeah. So when someone says, hey, John, like you're like a, like a role model in like the Christian faith and like people look up to you for like, yo – Right, I'm just telling I'm very jokes. uncomfortable with that. Right. Yeah, even if it's like, hey, the sold-out show, like, even if it's outside of anything religious, if somebody's like, hey, Dusty, like, you're, like, a successful comic, like, tell me how to do it. You're like, yo, I'm... Right. I can give you some tips here and there, but I'm trying to figure it out myself. 
If you're looking up to me, that's a problem. Right. I had a I had a drunk guy at a show <laughs> recently and he would not leave. And he and I was like at first I was like, Hey, cool, man. I really appreciate all the all you saying the nice things. I appreciate oh, you. Oh, he coming. liked you. He was a fan. Yeah. And then okay. he kept going and yeah, going yeah, and going. Yeah, he yeah. was drunk and it was yeah. just like after a while it's like, All right, dude, get out of here. Yeah. But now I don't want to ruin his perception of me. Yeah, you so you you have to leave. Yeah. Yeah, you he can't you were like, I'm gonna not be here anymore. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And and you know, and what do you do? But yeah. uh it's nice that uh people are saying nice things. Yeah, I'll take it. And lots of people are saying nice things. I think unless you have anything else, I appreciate you coming. That's a wrap, dude. I always like uh there's a lot of other uh you know, people are like, Hey John, we gotta have a, a conference call about the the uh marketing strategy for two thousand nineteen <laughs> or we gotta you gotta get uh you gotta start looking at the kind like uh, yeah, but a, a comedian if somebody else is like, hey, like if you were like, if you were like, hey, do you want to cover to my apartment and like talk for an hour? I'd be like, what? No. Right. We're like, right. we'll do a podcast. <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. What if you were like, hey, do you want to like come like get coffee? I'd be like, what? But this is like if it's if, yeah. if the perceived audience associated with it were narcissistic enough. Right. We're like, doing. Yeah, let's do that. We're, we're doing business. We're working, right now. dude. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Well, thanks for having me on, dude. It's yeah, been a blast, thank you. Man. And if uh, I'm sure people know, but John, what what is it like your uh, like your Twitter like at uh, everything is John B. Chris. John B. Christ. Yeah, dude. Find Christ, me on the internet. My my wife was writing it down, and she said, "Is it Christ with with an H or without an H?" I'm like, "Yeah, it's definitely yeah, without an H." Would be Christ. Yes. Yeah, yeah. John. You, you John. want to hear one of my first jokes? Yeah. I was like, "Yo, my 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 last name. This is very edgy in a church to say this joke. My last name used to be Christ, but then somebody was like, get the H out.'" Oh, get up, right. dude. Come yeah. on. Dude. Yeah. Anyway, come uh, on, guys. All right. <laughs> all right. John Christ. Thank you, guys. And uh, we're having a good time.